0: all right we'll turn to uh the song of solomon the song of solomon today we're going to start a new teaching series called the fox some of you are thinking like the fox like foxy lady that's not what we're talking about at all um Uh, What we're going to go over over the next several weeks is literally going to open our eyes to some of the ways that the enemy steals from us. Uh, And the enemy does steal from us, doesn't he? He can. He likes to. He wants to. He's raring to go. I was thinking about how when we have our eyes open, and there was one of the songs that we, Oh, eyes be open. You know, we sang that several times. Uh, Eyes be open. When we have our eyes open, it's harder for the enemy to stick his hand down in our cookie jar. You know what I'm saying? You picking up what I'm laying down? When our eyes are open, we have, our, we have the ability to see when the enemy's trying to steal some cookies, you know? And we don't want the enemy stealing cookies for, uh, from us. So, uh, if you've been tracking with us at all, we just got through with a teaching series called Be Found Faithful. Uh, basically, when God looks at our lives uh, on a daily basis, is He seeing a faithful follower? And when He returns, when he comes again, will he find a people who are found faithful in his sight, faithfully loving him, faithfully serving him? And uh, we we just basically uh, affirmed through the teaching time and what we learned, and and you know that we want to be people who are found faithful by the Lord uh, every day, but also on that day when the Lord returns, we want to be people that are found faithful. Amen. Um, now, like I said, just about every week of that teaching series, Be Found Faithful is more than just an isolated teaching series. Uh, it's a theme for the whole year for our church. And I've never done that in all the years of youth ministry and all five years of SOMA. I've never done a theme for the church. In fact, it, it kind of sounds corny. But I really felt like the Lord um, you know, said that this needs to be a theme for the year, uh, that it's somewhat of a vision. It's not our new vision statement. Our, our vision statement is still choosing the way, knowing the truth, living the life of Jesus Christ. But there's, a, there's a, something that the Lord wants to do in our midst and in our hearts um, this year that is calling His people to be found faithful. Um, call, it vision, call it a vision, um, call it a revelation, call it a prophetic word, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's a place in Habakkuk chapter 2, Verse 2 that says, record the vision, uh, revelation, the prophetic voice. Record that and inscribe it on tablets and post it that, that the one who reads it may run. In other words, the one who, who walks by and sees that may, may see it and, and run with it. And that's my heart for that. The Lord put it on my heart for that. And it's more than my heart. It's the Lord's heart that we be people that are found faithful. And so we're going to leave this banner up all year long. We're going to do like Habakkuk said. We're going to post the vision. We're going to post the revelation so that everyone can see. And when they see it every week, may, though we may be teaching something, that, uh, a series that's called something different, or or whatever, we see that and we're reminded. Oh yeah, I need to be a faithful steward. I need to be a steward that's trustworthy. Amen. Um, I want you guys to notice. We're going to jump in here in a second, but. As we're going along, I want you to notice how the Lord is leading us in our teaching time. Through the fall, we went through a thing called Holy Spirit Reign. And I think that's why every time we sing something that has to do with the Lord reigning in our hearts, uh, Lord, please reign, please reign in us. There's something that the, that the Lord did that was very special for us during that time, some deep deposits into us as it relates to the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, surrendering to the Holy Spirit, learning about the, the nine manifestation gifts of the Spirit that are to be used uh, in our services, but also outside the walls. Um, uh, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, pro- prophecy, tongues, all those kinds of things. And um, God did something special, and then we moved from that into this, the Be Found Faithful thing. And um, and this God has just been depositing a lot of things into it. It's some good stuff. But I want you to remember, when we were going through Be Found Faithful, that we were going through the book of Jude. Granted, it's only one book, you know. Um, but we went through the book of Jude, and... I don't know if you read it on your own, but Marvin read it last week when he taught, which was very good, by the way. You guys, how many of you are here for Marvin teaching that last part of the series? Very good. Thank you for wrapping that up. So um, very, very, very good. But one of the last things that Jude says to us in the book of Jude, in his letter, was keep yourself safe in God's love. One of the last things he says, he's... Said all kinds of stuff, and you can listen to the podcast. But one of the last things that he says is for us to keep ourselves in God's love. And what I want to do, real quick, can I just read the Song of Solomon to you, the whole book, the whole every chapter? I'm kidding. Just chapter two. Follow along with me. I'm reading out of the NAS. Some of you may have the New Living Translation or the NIV, and they're probably going to be pretty close. But I just want to read this before we before we go much further. And this all shouldn't take too long today. In fact, this will probably be what makes it take a little bit longer. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys. Like a lily among the thorns, so is my darling among the maidens. Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. In his shade I took great delight and sat down. And his fruit was sweet to my taste. He has brought me to his banquet hall. And his banner over me is love. Sustain me with raisin cakes. <laughs> Refresh me with apples. I'm like, man, what if I... That's a, I don't know that that pickup line would work in our culture. How you doing? Sustain me with raisin cakes. <laughs> is that what the kids are saying these days? Refresh me with apples because I am lovesick. Let his left hand be under my head and his right hand embrace me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the hinds of the, uh, hinds of the field, that you do not arouse or waken my love until she pleases. Listen, my beloved. Behold, he is coming, climbing on the mountains, leaping on the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he is standing behind our walls. He is looking through the windows. He is peering through the lattice. My beloved responds and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. For behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers have already appeared in the land. The time has arrived for pruning the vines, and the voice of the turtle dove has been heard in our land. The fig tree has ripened its figs, and the vines in blossom have given forth their fragrance. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. O oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret place of the steep pathway, let me see your form. Let me hear your voice, and your, and your voice is sweet, and your form is lovely. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards, while our vineyards are in bloom. My beloved is mine. And I am his. He pastures his flock among the lilies until the cool of the day when the shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of Bether. Now listen, this is just one chapter and many chapters, specifically eight chapters of basically what is a love letter. In fact, some of your versions may have the breakdown between um, the lover and the beloved. And it's kind of like this conversation that goes back and forth throughout the book. And uh, it's, it's a very interesting book. You know, it's like I said, it's one big love letters. Uh, I was reading that scholars, both Jewish and, and Christian scholars, are, debate why this book is even in the Bible. You know, you, I don't know if, how many of you have ever read this, but um, it's a really lovey, uh, mushy, at times even sexy Kind of a book. You know what I mean? It's like you read it and you're like, oh. (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) You know? And so because of that, there's a debate. But listen. Listen to me carefully. I think that is why the Lord allowed this book to be in the Bible. Because it's a great picture of passionate love. Thank you, Sean, for your set list. Because you sang all about the passionate love this morning. You know, intimacy. I don't know if you ever realized this, but there is, there is not one reference to religion in the Song of Solomon. No mention of, of uh, um, like themes, you know what I mean? Like religious themes. I mean, there's obviously places that are familiar to other places of the Bible, names that are familiar that you would see in other places in the Bible. But, but religious themes, there's not any in the book of Solomon. No themes of of law or grace or sin or salvation or prayer or any of that kind of stuff. In fact, there's not really even a bona fide reference to God in the book. Anybody ever thought about that? And I have no idea why that is, you know? And I think that's why scholars debate why is this even in the book. But to me, it's a part of the Bible. It's a part of the book that says, listen, all that stuff is great. doctrine. In theology, in fact, it's important. Paul goes on in his letters to say, listen, you need to watch that stuff carefully. You need to be up on your doctrine and your, and your theology and all that kind of stuff. It is very important, but listen, all that stuff can be structured and it can be managed and it can be institutionalized and very quickly become dead and religious and ultimately, because of the way that it can be used and abused, ultimately fail." You hear what I'm saying? But God's love, God's love never fails. How many times in Scripture do we see that exact phrase or something uh, just like it? I I remember years ago, I, I used to teach out of NIV, and I remember specifically there are 32 references to God's unfailing love in the NIV. 32. Most of those are in the Psalms. His love never fails. And because his love never fails, when man's interpretation of Scripture, when man's um, misalignment of his word an institu- institutionalized version of this, that when those things fail, God's love will never fail, and because his love will never fail, it needs to become priority and pursuit in our life. Would you guys agree? It does. And that is why I believe this book um, is in the Bible, because it is just, just a big love letter between a, a, a husband and his bride. And God wants us to, say, wants us to get, on, get in on the mentality of that. You know, I am my beloved's, and he is mine. At the end of the day, I am my beloved's, and he is mine when my theology is not quite making sense, or I can't wrap my brain around this doctrinal idea or theme, I am my beloved's and he is mine. Amen? If you're writing something down, I want you to write this down. Keeping ourselves in God's love will save us from being religiously dead. Remember what Jude said, keep yourself in God's love. Keeping ourselves in God's love will save us from being religiously dead. Now, write that down, and then turn. Uh, you're already there, Song of Solomon chapter two, and we're going to focus on uh, verse fifteen. And it says, "Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards, while our vineyards are in bloom." I don't have time to go through the whole, through the whole thing of what Solomon. Song of Solomon is about and all this kind of stuff. But what you can see right here is this little transition in this lady's heart um, of really finding her love. In fact, in verse 5 it says, "Because She says, sustain me with raisin cakes. That's where that's at. (laughs) Refresh me with apples, whatever that means. But then we totally get this phrase, because I am lovesick. I am lovesick. This lady has just been turned on to her groom and is falling in love, deep, passionate, lovesick love with her groom. This is the scripture where most of us are familiar with this. He's brought me to his banqueting table, and his banner over me is love. You guys remember that? He's brought me to his banqueting table, you know, and his banner, his banner. You guys understand what his banner over me is love? He's waving his banner. That's like saying he's waving his color. You know, like armies have their their flags that they march out with, and showing their covering, uh, who they're um, showing their colors. It says, "This is who my sovereign is, where my protection comes from, where my provision my provision comes from, who I fight for, who fights for me. I am my beloved; he is mine. He waves his banner of love over me. That's what I march forward with, is his banner of love. And this is where the other familiar." Um, um, my beloved is mine, I am his, and all that kind of stuff. And so there's this picture of, of, a, of a love that has been freshly brewed, okay? And then you get down to verse 15. And she, she says, catch the foxes for us. The little foxes that are ruining the vineyards. And it seems totally out of, out of place. It's like, oh, lovey dove, lovey dove, lovey. And then all of a sudden it's about foxes. Spoiling a vineyard, and you're like, "You lost me." No, it's a very, very emphatic statement. And what I want to do is, I want today is I want to um, set a foundation for the next several weeks because we're going to be talking about the little foxes that that spoil the vineyard. Some of your versions say or ruin the vineyard. Why that's important for us to know. Why this this shout out that she gives is something that we should be shouting. At us, catch the little foxes that are spoiling the vineyard. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the little foxes, going into details about that. But this morning, I want to sound, set a foundation for that, and I want to break this scripture down, and I want to do it backwards. Can we do that? Just shake it up. Let's go backwards. All right. It says, "Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes." Did I just sound like George Bush then? <laughs> wow. I was like, I just sounded like W. Anyway, okay, catch the foxes for us. The little foxes that are ruining the vineyards while our vineyards are in blossom. The first thing that I want you to look at is that word in blossom, which basically some of your versions may say that are blossoming. The idea is is of a tender, uh, tender grapes, okay? New growth, new um, fruit new realization, new revelation, however you want to look at it. It's something that's new and it's something that's fresh. It's, it's just these tender grapes. They're in blossom. It doesn't say they've blossomed. Catch for us the foxes that steal that which has already been blossomed. No, that are in blossom. and it's, So it speaks of something that is kind of fresh and new. And it made me think of Hosea, the prophet Hosea, where he says in chapter 14, verse 7, he says, My people will again live under my shade. This whole... Passage of Scripture is, is prophetic. It's a messianic prophecy. My people will again live under my shade, which speaks of Jesus. Under my shade, under my protection and provision. We know that comes from Christ. So this is a messianic prophecy. My people will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. Then he says, "This will be as fragrant. Uh, this will be as fragrant as the wines of Lebanon." Basically saying, he's saying, my people, again, live under my shade. And when he says they will be as fragrant as the wine, he's talking about abundant, fruitful life. You know, right now, maybe it's just maybe it's just uh, um, just sprouting. Maybe it's just a new uh, a new grape coming up. It's not big. It's not lush. It's not very juicy. But his intention is that it will be abundant and fruitful enough to make a fragrant wine that's what he wants for our lives. And he's saying, I will bring my people under that again. He's pointing forward to the day that Messiah will come and bring abundant life. Amen? So the first thing is in blossom. You've got you to keep that in your mind. That, that while our vineyards are in blossom, while this thing is young, what I was thinking about is the fresh thing, the young thing. Though some of us are younger, some of us are older, some of us are young in the Lord, some of us are older in the Lord. But God is doing a young, fresh thing in all of our hearts. Would you guys agree? I have sensed it in our, in our services for the past you know, three or four months. God is doing a fresh thing. It's because we are saying, God, please do a fresh thing. He's doing a fresh thing. Some of us are giving up habits. Some of us are changing directions. Some of us are serving more and loving Him more and all that kind of stuff. Marriages are being um, um, strengthened and, and kids are growing in the Lord and all kinds of things that God is doing in our midst. And we can look at that as something that is in blossom. Okay. there's something that's in blossom in your life. There's something that's in blossom, something that is blossoming, blossoming, something that is somewhat of a tender grape, a tender shoot in my life. And I believe in your life, too. We have to keep that in mind. Well, I'm 60. And listen. I am choice wine. You are prideful, you know. Listen, the truth is, however old you are, whatever you've accomplished, the Lord is always doing a new thing. That's why Jesus talks about you can't put old wine, I mean, new wine in an old wineskin. Amen? And if we are that kind of people, we're not going anywhere. But if we are people who are always looking to have a fresh, new wineskin to hold the new wine that he's pouring out, then this really applies to us. So, yes, we are people saying, I am in blossom. I am in blossom. You are in blossom. All of us are in blossom. Um, the next thing, look back, remember we're working backwards, is catch the little foxes, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards, while our vineyards are in blossom. Now, in this in this particular scripture, this really is pointing to that love relationship. The, the vineyard is the love relationship. You guys hear what I'm saying? And there's a cry out that something doesn't destroy this love relationship that's in blossom. So the first thing you can think of is that, is, uh, and this is obviously... We are the bride, he is the groom. So we can totally relate this to Christ. So the first thing the vineyard is for us or points to is our love for Christ. Remember, she's talking about, my beloved is mine, I love him. Uh, what does she say? I am love sick for my groom. So for us, it speaks of, for us, it can, the vineyard can speak of our love for Christ, our love for him. While the vineyards are in blossom, the love for Christ. But listen, vineyards in Scripture, especially if you look at Jesus' teaching, that's really talking about our life in Christ. This is important. And this it's talking about our love for Christ, but it also, the, the idea of what a vineyard is, is our life in Christ. Like when Jesus said, Therefore, when the owner... You guys remember the, that whole parable that he gives, that story he tells about the vineyard owner and, and all that stuff? Read it if you, don't, if you can. I don't have time to read the whole thing. But he says, Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes... What will he do to those vine growers? And if you know the story, um, it was being mistreated and, and uh, where, the, where the master of the vineyard was hoping to see fruit. He was wanting to see fruit, but he wasn't seeing fruit. And there's reasons for that. When the owner of the vineyard comes, Jesus is the owner of our lives. And what does he say? Bear fruit. He's been saying bear fruit from the beginning. Bear fruit. Bear fruit fruits of the spirit love joy peace patience all of those bear fruit so the vineyard also points to our life in Christ that abundant life not just life ho hum that's not what Jesus called us for i came that you may have life to the full abundant life life that is content life that is rich and flourishing amen okay so the vineyard is our love for christ but it's uh, our love for christ but it's also our life in christ there's a place in Isaiah, I know I'm going fast because I want to get you guys out of here at a decent time. Isaiah 5:1 says, "Let me sing and this is a picture of that life in Christ, or that life in God. Let me sing for joy. Uh, let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard." By the way, the vineyard belongs to him. We belong to him. Our life belongs to him. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it, because of all the work that he put into it, he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. So this is expectation that our life in Christ would reflect the work of Christ. Does that make sense? Okay, so think about that. You can write the notes down, scriptures, look at it later. The next thing is, catch the little foxes for us that are ruining the vineyard. Remember, we're going backwards. So the next word we come to is ruining. Listen, the word ruining, some of your versions say spoiled. Some of it says ruining. Um, That can also be translated destroyed. Catch the little foxes for us that are destroying the vineyard, that are destroying the uh, the love for Christ the little foxes that are destroying the life in Christ while they were in bloom. You guys following with me? Reminds us of John 10.10. The thief, which we know foxes, are always kind of like little thieves. Y'all remember Robin Hood and little John walking through the forest. (laughs) Y'all remember that? What was Robin Hood? The Prince of Thieves. Come on, Kevin Costner. Right? The fox was a thief. Rob from the rich, give to the poor. And what do they portray him as? A fox. So we can totally get that picture here. The thief, the fox, came to steal, kill, and destroy. The fox is coming after your vineyard. He's coming after your love for God. And he's coming after your life in God. You hear me? This is important for I'm setting up for the next several weeks. But Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and more abundantly. In other words, I want your vineyard to produce the choicest wine, but the enemy wants to come and steal that. The last thing is um, the picture of of who is trying to steal. Catch for us the fox. In fact, some of your versions say, uh, well, mine does too. Catch the foxes for us. The little foxes. I love that it says it twice. Catch for us the foxes. The little foxes. In other words, there's foxes out here, but there's actually a, a type of fox. It's called a, um, fennec, a fennec fox. and They're actually really small foxes. And these guys love grapes. Okay? There's a specific kind of fox, and this is the fox that he's talking about, that love grapes. This is, this is what they feed on. They look for vineyards, and they feed on grapes but specifically they feed on blossoming grapes they come when the shoots are just fresh i don't know what you call it the blooms the fr- the, the baby grapes you know what i mean <laughs> are fresh and that's what they feed on so this isn't just like oh it's so poetic no this is like a i mean it is poetic but it's a real thing here that fennec fox say that 10 times you know and so these foxes would feed on these baby grapes, these, these fresh in-bloom grapes, and they would just completely destroy a vineyard. One day, the, the vine grower could come out and see these little sprouts, and it's like these baby grapes, and be like, yes, my vineyard, you know? And the next day, it can be completely gone because the Finnick foxes got in there and destroyed the vineyard. All that work for Nothing so there's a definite picture here. And I wanted you guys to see that the little foxes, it points to really two things. It points to our crafty enemy. It points to the enemy. The enemy is like a fox, like we saw in John 10. 10. He is a thief that came to steal, kill, and destroy. He is a thief that wants to steal from us. He is that crafty fox, like in Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent, which is a, another way of saying the devil, Satan, was more crafty than any beast of the field. So he's a snake and he's a fox. You know what I mean? So when you're rebuking the enemy in your prayer and over your family, you can call him those two things. You don't even have to call him by name. You can say that snake, that fox. Get lost. You know what I mean? Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made him. And he said to the woman, Indeed. And you guys know the story. Has God really told you not to eat from the tree of the garden? And deceived her. Stole from her that word of God. And that is where this whole thing started. Amen? So, The fox points to our crafty enemy, but also his destructive devices. Okay, So when you think of the fox, especially as we move forward, I am calling the fox the crafty enemy, but we're also going to be looking at his destructive devices. Now, on the tail end of Be Found Faithful series, we talked about the destructive lives that people choose. And in their destructive behavior choices, they are ripping themselves out of the title of someone who is found faithful. You know what I mean? Y'all remember that? Some of you are new. And you're like, I'm kind of new. That's cool. You can check out the podcast. It's no big deal. And that's the main thing that we're going to be we're talking about over the next several weeks is those distinct, I mean, those destructive uh, devices. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11, it says, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. In other words, guard yourself so that no advantage would be taken of us. By Satan, he says, For we are not ignorant of his schemes. That word schemes is translated devices. There are things that the enemy uses. Tricks, devices, schemes, plans, strategies to bring us down. And it's not this one blanket strategy. Each of us have our own little trails that he can put his snares down on. Different things that work for for different people. Something that works for me may not work for you. Something that works for you may not work for me. That's why we can't judge each other, amen? But the enemy is like a fox and he's trying to ruin our love for God and our life in God, our love for Christ and our life in Christ. And I guess as a shepherd, I'm just not gonna stand for it. I know God, our beloved Christ, our groom isn't gonna stand for it. He is the vine keeper. He's watching over our love. He's watching over our lives. He's making intercession at the right hand of the Father saying, watch out. And, 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 you know, she says, she says, catch for us, catch for us, the little foxes. In fact, the the, uh, NLT version says, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love. For the grapevines are blooming. But she says, catch for us. That means take. You know what I mean? Not just catch. It it, it means to take it. It's like, I'm taking this. You know, like when they take the shore, when they take the land, when they, like, it's like, it's done. Uh, the, The fox has no place in this vineyard anymore. He's coming to destroy my vine, my grapes, my fruit, but I'm saying I will catch, I will take him and destroy him. And that's where we fail as believers. It's like we always leave the fox alive, but he's so cute. Like if I just caged him up, like my friends can come over, I can show him off. I got a fox. I got a fennec fox. What do you got? <laughs> it's not what it's saying. It doesn't say cage the fox, it says take the fox. You can say it, take it down, kill it, rip it in shreds, eat it, roast it. You want to, you know. We're going to end with this. Write this down. Big, a big fall, and I'm talking about a fall that will really ruin your vineyard, really ruin your life. How many of you know someone that has made a single choice, which is never just a single choice, but a choice that has ruined their life? Listen, a big fall starts with a little tumble. That's another way, way of saying that it's a small fox that will ruin the vineyard. There's a guy, he's an author, teacher, biblical scholar that, that, Vernon C. Grounds that wrote that. A big fall starts with a little tumble. I guess as a, as a shepherd and as an assistant vine keeper for the Lord, I'm not willing to that, that happen. Not on my watch. And so I'm going to do over the next several weeks what many pastors are not willing to do. And that's call you out on the little foxes. Point them out, call you out. And while doing that, I'll be calling myself out. You know, in fact, I'll just put a big mirror in the back. We'll replace the flag with a big mirror, and I'll just stand right here and preach. Because it's not me against you, it's us and the Lord against the enemy. Amen? I've told you before, when we enter into conversations like this where it really is challenging our behavior A life worthy of uh, living a life worthy of the calling. Many people do not like to hear that. I don't want you to talk about my vices, his devices, our vices. I don't want you to talk about those. I am comfortable keeping the fox in the cage. I don't care. We're going to talk about it. And there will be people that won't come after the first week. Maybe they can hang on after the first week, but second week, it hits them. Oh, it's like, you just got in my cage. Good. Got my grill. <laughs> you know? You guys hear what I'm saying? This is really important. Remember I said that everything that we teach, as far as teaching series, we like to do those, just different emphasis. Everything that we teach this year is going to come under the umbrella of being found faithful. Because this is what God spoke for us. This is the vision that he said right on the wall for this year. Amen? Amen. Let's stand.